0: Hi, welcome to view. We've got a great show for you today. We've got Janelle Jones. She is a seasoned solo RV traveler, and she's going to tell us all about the joys and challenges of solo RV travel. So stay tuned. Welcome to view with your hosts, George and Lisa Hernandez. Each week, listen in as George and Lisa talk about their RV and travel adventures all around the world. George and Lisa travel in their 40-foot Class A Tiffin motorcoach and tow their Jeep Wrangler, always looking for fun and adventure. Hi, welcome back to review. I'm Lisa Richard Hernandez.
1: And I'm George Hernandez.
0: And we have Janelle Jones with us today. She's a seasoned solo RV traveler. And she's taken to the open road with her 36-foot RV. And so we are going to listen to this solo female traveler and all of her tips and advice uh, today and hear what she's got going on. So
2: welcome, Janelle. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me, George and Lisa. I appreciate being on here today and getting to talk about my favorite subject, which is driving all over the country without much of a plan. (laughs)
0: that sounds good to me i think that's a lot of people's dream
2: (laughs) i really do that and people don't believe it i mean i don't do it all the time but i really do the day i bought my rv you know how they tell you at the dealership to buy and go park close by or stay in the parking lot or, or camp in your parking lot or your driveway not me i bought that rv took a left headed to california did a I don't know, week and a half trip and had no idea what I was doing. And that began this adventure.
1: That's awesome.
0: Wow. So did you sell your like did you have a home? Did you sell your home and go full time R V just right off the rip or what's or do you still have a sticks and bricks?
2: No, when I retired, I bought an R V about a year after I retired. I call it my starter R V I wrecked that thing. I hit a McDonald's. I wiped the, <laughs> everything off the roof with a branch, and I mean everything. Um, I had a hurricane in that. I mean, just a, a trampoline hit the side of it. Long story. Oh, my, story. God. Oh my yeah. God. So that was my starter RV, and I bought that. And then, you know, I started getting my feet wet a little bit, and, you know, and I had my house in, and I realized – I was only going home, in 24 months, I went home four times, and I was only going home to check on my home. So I was like, why don't I get rid of this house and all these other bills and buy another RV, because that's what I need, a bigger RV than the 24-foot I was trying to drive around. So (laughs) I bought this Class A, 36-foot one, and then I started completely full-time on the road and have been, that was in 2020, you know, COVID days, and have been on the road ever since.
1: That's That's amazing. Let me ask you a question. How quickly did you realize, wow, I don't need any of that stuff that I have in my house? All I need is this 400 square feet. I mean, Uh,
2: you know what, George, when I lived in that, I can't remember if it was 21 or 24 C class C and it was had no slides. So, I mean, it was teeny when I tried to put my clothes in there, because I did what every girl does at the beginning. I like matched outfits and this goes with this and this goes with this. And so I had these, you know, 15 outfits with adorable shoes and a matching handbag. Just so ridiculous now looking back. But, and I put that in that little two foot wide closet and the rod kept falling. And I was (laughs) like, you know, this feet piece of junk, it never occurred to me that the 60 pounds of clothes I had hanging. But, Once I got down to what did I really wear every day and I started getting rid of clothes and getting rid of clothes, I even wrote an article on the anxiety of getting rid of my clothes and how one bathing suit helped me with my life and my anxiety. I have probably six shirts, five or six shorts, ten dresses, and one bathing suit now. And honestly, I wear three of the ten dresses. But, you know, I keep a black one just in case. You never know. You never know. I don't, I, I have so little now and I love it. I love it.
0: It's so funny because I think that when I hit that realization was in 2020 and we have a 6,000 square foot house in Charleston, South Carolina. So we've got so much stuff. And I said, you know, you build your whole life to get all these things. And then once you realize that you don't need them, I'm going to spend the rest of my life getting rid of things and I I don't buy anything anymore now. But once we did our, we did our, in 2020 we did a cross country trip in the RV and so we had packed for, you know, 30 degree cold weather and hundred degree hot weather. And I left the house and my whole entire closet was still full with clothes. And I didn't even use half of the stuff that I had packed in the RV. And I said, why do I have all these things? And so I've been doing the same thing, going through the process of like, I really don't need any of this hundred dresses that I have. I never wear these things anymore, but it is hard to give away right at the beginning, I think.
2: It really is. I had been retired like four or five years by the time I got in this A, and, you know, I packed the tan suit that you need and, like, a couple of shells for underneath it and a couple of high heels to change the look, and that was my way of paring down. Um, I carried that tan business suit for, I don't know, two years and realized, why do I have this? There's not (laughs) much call in RV parks for a tan suit with, you know, a pinstripe. It was, and I got rid of it, and I hadn't needed it. Sense. and I even got rid of the high heels that went with it and it was I look back and I was so dumb it's so funny actually
1: I think everybody does that we did the same thing when we did our cross country trip when we got back I, I took a lot of stuff out of the RV and put it in the garage because we weren't going to do a big trip and I said to Lisa do you realize we took this with us and we never used it we just hauled this thing across the country for no reason whatsoever yeah so we're getting ready to hit the road And I said to Lisa, all right, the only things we're taking with us are things that we for sure are going to use. If I find something in (laughs) this RV that we haven't used, it's going straight to the dumpster when we get back.
0: Uh Well, the only thing I have to laugh because we're um, so Mobile, uh, Alabama is like the birthplace of Mardi Gras. And that's where we're staying right now. We're working with this resort development and. Mardi Gras is a huge thing here and they have all these balls and we got invited to these gate like you know like where you need a gown and a tuxedo and I was like well, I can honestly say the only thing we have not packed in our RV is a <laughs> gown and a tuxedo. I never in one million years would have thought we would have needed that. So I've got plenty at home in Charleston, but none yeah, in the Yeah, I'd RV. have made fun of you.
2: Yeah. If I heard you taking a ball, I'd have totally made fun of you you well, your back.
0: <laughs> I would have made fun of me too. And so I had to laugh. I was like, I can't believe that I actually needed that and I didn't pack it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> what it, like just as like one another you know woman traveler like thinking to myself i can't really imagine going out on the road without a companion you know like just really? on my own no i i and I th- i've th- always thought of that because you know we, we own in these different rv resorts and someone will lose their spouse and we wonder oh is she is she going to stay in the rv lifestyle or not and um, and then I see some other like super independent like women just like yeah I'm 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 on the road and I'm just like I admire that so much. So how how like did you have any anxiety about doing that or were you just like I'm doing it? I'm, let me just go and I'm on my own.
2: You know, yes. What um it would be it would be naive of me to say I didn't have anxiety. I wasn't afraid, but I definitely had anxiety because of the unknown. Although I'm one of those people, I embrace the unknown. I look forward to what's next. It hopefully doesn't kill me, but I look forward to what is next, what's coming up, what's going to be interesting. Sometimes it's a blown out front tire on a highway, and then sometimes it's a bike ride through the Grand Canyon for 13 miles. So I try to have as in my passenger seat, if you will, I try to have the, a real open mind and a, a sense of adventure of what's going to happen today.
0: Yeah, I think I think mindset, I think is the big, big key oh, to that okay. for sure. Like, well, yeah. I like George was George had to leave for a couple of weeks. And I've, I've been here in the RV and not moving or anything, but working from the coach. And it's like, I want to go out. But you know, what am I going to do? I, I Then I would have to, you know, like I have to go find a friend. I don't like to sit at a restaurant by myself and stuff like that. Oh. So I guess, I guess this is like a learning curve, right? Like in a sense of, it is,
2: yeah, yeah, it is. And I have these questions that I ask people cause I get, you know, from my RV club that I have, I get people call me all the time and, you know, just kind of want to talk through their anxiety. And I, I ask, them one of that's funny you mentioned that because I say, can you go sit in a restaurant by yourself and eat? Not a fast food. I'm talking about a restaurant. Maybe you sit at the bar, but, you know, at a restaurant, can you sit there by yourself? Because if and not, don't project what you're going to do. No, project. Tell right now, do you go and do that? I'm not saying I go all the time, but I will go in a nice restaurant. I'm not going to let not having somebody go with me miss. This- have me miss out on going to one of the fabulous restaurants in New Orleans in the French Quarter. That's not happening. I'm going. (laughs) And you know what? You go in there and eat and nothing happens. Nobody cares that you're sitting there by (laughs) yourself and you have a great meal.
0: You know, it's so funny because that was one of my anxieties. And on Wednesdays we go down to Dauphin Island. We play darts and so we've got like a few friends that we've met from there while we've been down here for about six months. I said, you know, I got to get out of this RV. And he's like, just go down to the just go down to the pub. You'll know, you'll know somebody. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. So he, he literally like forced me to go there. And I sat at the bar and the bartender, I knew the bartender and she was kind and got me a drink or whatever. I sat there for about 30 minutes and I was like, I think I'm going to leave. And then a, a pers- another familiar face walked in. Well, by the end of the night, long story short, I had four brand new girlfriends that we've been in touch mm-hmm. ever since then. You know, we're like my new best friends. So, It was, you know, I think it was just getting over that initial uh, fear. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'm a very outgoing person. I'm a salesperson, you know, so I'm used to that. And I'm used to doing those kind of things. But I guess when you like, I guess I've been with, you know, traveled with my husband for so long that like all of a sudden being alone was just so it just gave me so much anxiety, which was just very odd. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I could just do this on the road in different places all the time where you don't know people and are constantly meeting new friends and having to overcome those fears over and over again
1: but that's probably part of the adventure is getting out there and meeting all these people and doing it on your own i mean you you gotta i guess you gotta put yourself out there to Mm -hmm. experience it otherwise you just sit in your rv and do nothing all day long
2: and you might as well sit in your house you know you might as well just have a house and Walk your dog up the neighborhood, and that's it, and that's all all you get out. It, you know, it, 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 I'm, I don't want to be flippant about it. I mean, it's certainly something to drive a 60-foot, well, you know, with my car, I'm 60 feet going down the road. It's a learned skill for sure, but it's still just driving. I mean, it's it's, it's got a gas pedal and a brake and a steering wheel. It's just driving, Eh, you took out a few curbs the first year, you know, turning, <laughs> But after that, it's just driving. But it's just that that mindset. Just think, at least if you went to that same bar every week on Wednesday, after a while, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm going. I'm I'm running down there." Uh, you wouldn't. It wouldn't be anxiety for you because it was the fear of the unknowns over. Nothing happens. You meet new people, maybe because you're not sitting there just talking to one person the whole time. It opens you up and exposes you, and that's the part I like. And you have to have that. To have this solo RV lifestyle where it's one of almost constant travel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm in so many of these like little RV lifestyle groups and stuff like that on Facebook. And I see so many times people post, we're thinking about going full time, you know? And then all these people will be like, well, you shouldn't do it by yourself, especially if you're a Mm -hmm. woman, because, you know, things break. If you don't know how to fix it, you shouldn't do it, you know? And I'm like, okay. So, did you, would you consider yourself? handy like how do you handle things that break down and things that break and I know I rely on somebody to a credit card and someone to come fix it for me if George (laughs) isn't there
2: (laughs) but like how do
0: you handle that are you like really handy like what would you consider yourself
2: um I would consider myself uh not wanting to spend money when I first got this RV I was intimidated of course you know by the size of it and messing something up so something broke I would drive five hours to a dealership that could fix it because it was under warranty, and then a shade fell. I mean, it just fell. I was sitting there and just literally, I looked over and it was laying on the ground. I'm like, what the hell? Instead of driving, I'm like, I'm gonna figure that out. And so I put that shade up. That's the first thing I did. It was two screws, and then since then, fast forward now, four years later, I can change the oil in this RV. I can change my generator oil. I changed it out a water pump. Right now, waiting for you guys in our our. Uh, talk today, I was changing out my ring doorbell because something's wrong with it. I'm not handy, but I've learned that I can at least look at it. I can take it apart and see. And You know, have I taken stuff apart and then had to drive with it hanging out and duct taped to the dealership? Yeah. But you know what? Nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, I've been able to fix it myself. I'm not ever paying $300 for another oil change. I can tell you that right now.
1: It's funny how, how many things are actually pretty simple to do. If you, like you said, if you take the time to look at it and say, oh, it's just these two screws, but there's so many people that are like, oh my God, I got to go to the dealer. I got to drive to uh, Alabama and see what's going on. And I don't know why this is leaking. Well, it's right there. Yeah. The pipe is leaking. Tighten the nut. We just had that <laughs> yeah. this morning. Lisa's like, we got water under the sink. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me take a look. It was just it. everything. And you know, somebody just said to us recently, because we were talking about things, rattle and things move and things break because you're moving and he said you know you got to realize an rv is a house but it's a house that's going through an earthquake every Mm -hmm. single time you drive so yes things are going to come apart things are going to break you've got to be able to fix some of the small things or else it it will cost you an arm and a leg because you know you got to get to it you got to find a campground because they can't get to it right away Then they charge you to repair it. So it it can get very expensive if you don't at least take the time to see if you can do it.
2: Take a second. You know, somebody told me, I like your earthquake thing, and somebody told me that stop being mad that things break. Because when I when I first got this brand new RV, I was just beside myself. Anytime something breaks, I paid a fortune for yep, this, yep. and it's brand new. Once I stopped and realized something something is going to break, don't stop with it. It shouldn't. No, it's going to. Just stop, readjust my attitude, and and that helped tremendously. And I find that you know please god knock on wood but big things it's it's the smaller things okay i had a tire blow out that was pretty big you know but i was going 30 miles an hour on a wind, windy road i blocked traffic for two hours the cops kept telling me you need to move i'm like yeah i know dude i'm, I'm all open where do you want me to go but once you kind of embrace the fact that things are going to break it it it's a great mind shift and it's different and it takes that anxiety away i think yeah
1: absolutely i totally agree
0: so what inspired you to go on this RV lifestyle? Like what what made you say, "You know what? I'm just going to go travel the country in my RV." Like what was
2: when I retired? I had sold my house, and I was, living in, I was living in South Florida, and I was living on the beach. I had rented an Airbnb for like the last six months because I didn't know how fast my house would sell. So when my house sold, and I retired, and I moved out of that Airbnb, I packed. I put all my stuff in storage. I packed one big suitcase for cl- cold weather and one big suitcase for hot weather. And I took 20 grand and I hit the road. I hiked the Amalfi Coast in Italy. I hung out in the Champagne region of France for two weeks. I went to London for two weeks. I canoed the Lewis and Clark Trail and I don't remember other stuff. Oh, I went on a cruise to Alaska. So I did all this stuff and had no home, no nothing. I had just that storage room and those two big suitcases. And I realized I loved traveling a lot, which, you know, I like everybody. I went to Europe and here and there. Yeah. The United States. It's on vacation, you know, like we all do. And then I realized I love traveling, but I'm sick of these suitcases. I want an RV. I want to have my house with me. And when I got back, that's when I bought the little Star RV
0: wow so you never had like oh i grew up in an rv you know like nope. travel- wow no nope. wow. i've
2: never even been in an rv never vacation never drove one. Oh my nothing. gosh wow. Nope. nothing
0: wow nothing. that's a big leaf of fate you know awesome.
2: it is yeah
1: <laughs> you know what's awesome with that though you you did the europe thing like everybody wants to do and we love the uh-huh. amalfi coast oh my god that's one of our favorite yes. places in the world yes. but for me for instance this is such a big country and there's so many things to see here in our own country that we take for granted. And now that we have the RV, Lisa and I, when we did our first car, cross country trip, we kind of did it fast for 45 days, 45 days. But now we know all the places that we love and we want to go back to. And it has inspired us to look at different places and, and just think outside the box. You know, we, we, we have our house with us. We we don't have to worry about anything else. We just go pick a spot and enjoy what this country, country has to offer.
0: Yeah, I think COVID brought out a lot of that because we couldn't do international travel anymore. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, there's nothing else going on. Like, let's just hit the road. And I started doing some research. And I have to be honest, like, I was absolutely mind blown how much beauty there is in our own country that I never – even imagined like, like I said, we take for granted like the redwood forest was just like mm-hmm. incredible like you can't even describe the redwood forest to other people in like unless you've been there you know like you don't understand how big these trees are <laughs> you know that <laughs> is
2: so true you know been uh i've been on an airplane one time since i got my rv once since I got that starter RV, and that was you know to fly to my daughter's house because I was in uh, Utah, decided to fly South Florida. Otherwise, you're right. There's so much beauty here. Why would I ever go back to Europe again? I don't ever see myself doing that. Yeah, yeah. There's so much beauty in this country. I, I haven't been uh, back to Europe or out, out of the United States except when I went to the Canadian Maritimes last summer. But otherwise, I haven't been out of the states yet uh, since since I got this RV. There's no reason to. Have you seen Michigan? It is every bit as beautiful as the Amalfi Coast. Different, but every bit as beautiful. And you could just drive there.
0: Yeah, we, we actually did a trip to... Um, well, I grew up in Michigan. So, like, my perspective of Michigan is, like, ugh, it's just cold and rainy and cold. Um, oh. But we went in August. So that was the best time of year to go to Michigan. And I took George up to Mackinac Island. He would never seen that before. Mm-hmm. We went to the Upper Peninsula. And we went to Pictured Rock. And that was beautiful. We did kayaks all the way out to the (laughs) to the pictured rocks and that was a long long kayak day different uh (laughs) when you do kayaking on a lake as opposed to a flowing river for eight hours we definitely Uh, did a lot of paddling yeah yeah
2: i just did the bay of fundy in a cat in a kayak last summer in canadian Maritimes. you don't need to you hear about the bay of fundies my God, that's the hardest thing I've done since I retired. I mean, it was a workout. I was exhausted after that day yeah. because we were the waves and it was considered a calm day.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were too. We were watching the tourist boat go by with a big, you know, motor boat and I was like, Yeah, yeah that could that could be that could be that us. That should be us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, but it was beautiful. We got
0: right up close, but I probably yeah. would have been just as happy with the tourist version of it in the uh, yeah. big boat.
2: <laughs> yeah, but now you've done it and you can, you know, it's great memory. And that's how I try to look at stuff as like that day of Bay of Fundy, eight hours of kayaking when, you know, I do once a month for 30 minutes, maybe twice a month for 30 minutes, an hour here and there. So, but I thought this is going to be such a great memory and I don't need to do it again, but it's going to be such a great memory.
0: Yeah. There's, I think we've, we've had a lot of experiences like that, that for sure we, we we found on our cross country trip places that we couldn't wait to go back to. And then places that I was glad I went, but like, for example, Yellowstone National Park, that was like the most, like, it was cool to see the geysers and everything, but like, I didn't like waiting in lines in nature. It I'm was like, the, the we're yeah, in nature, and we're in line. It
2: doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like,
1: it was the Disney of national parks. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, isn't that
2: true? Yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's so beautiful, but uh, it's horrible, really. I mean, I hate to even say that out loud, one of our uh, national parks, but I the know. crowds is just next level, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to me, that's not, like, what getting out in nature is all about. Like, when we... When we went to the Redwood Forest, um, we did a kayak trip down the Smith River, and the guide, it was just George and I and a guide, and I mean, the water was crystal clear, and of course, it was flowing water, so it was much easier. It was more like you could just stop paddling, you kept on moving. You yeah, know, we were there for the easier. ride, basically. And then um, well, we, we we packed a lunch, and we got out, and we walked into this big grove of of these Redwood trees, and it was just like felt like I was on another planet like I was waiting for like the Star Wars Ewoks to like come flying through the trees or something like we were just it was just incredible and those are the memories that we really really love and I said now I know why people like to go hiking I never could yeah. figure that out before I'm like why would you purposely walk up a hill <laughs> well now it's because it's so beautiful you know mm-hmm. and so I could really understand that so much better we loved that and
1: Custer State Park that was incredible
0: Oh yeah, we, we did you have you done Custer State Park with a uh, wild, wildlife loop with all the uh, what are they called bison? Have you seen that?
2: I I have not. I've seen bison, but I have not done that and I have not done the redwoods.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, you've got right? to do that. Oh, yeah. Is not that something? Yeah It's on, it's your on
2: list. the It is. It's on the uh, for um Washington and Oregon. I'll be there in June. July, no, end of August I'll be in Oregon and then I'm coming down with my RV club. We're driving down the California coast and Redswood is definitely first on the stop.
0: Oh, and you know the other thing that I never realized was so beautiful. You know, growing up um, on the East Coast spending so much time over here, like I never, I almost forget that Oregon wasn't even a state. And when we, we went up to Seattle, we did whale watching there and then we drove down the coast of Oregon and it was some of the most beautiful landscape that I've ever seen. We did a harvest host. We stayed at this really cool winery. We were the only people just like, our RV right in the middle of like all these vineyards at Chris, Chris James. And I said, that was our, that harvest house was our most expensive stay we've ever had. Our most expensive yep. free
1: stay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it, yes. We end up joining the wine club. <laughs> so every, you know, like once every three months, we get a big case of wine. And I'm like, well, there we go again. But it reminds there us. There it is. Yeah. It reminds us of the great memories that we had at that, of that night that we spent at the harvest house. It was really fun. I
2: like Harvest Host. I stay there when I'm traveling by myself. And a free Harvest Host stop one time cost me $400. It was at a farm and I bought all this meat.
1: Yep, yep. Yep. Been there, done that. (laughs) Yep,
2: yep. That's where they get
0: you. And that's, I guess, what what they're hoping for. So you you said traveling with your RV club. Tell us a little bit more about that and what all that entails.
2: Yes, so when I started this life, you know, in the starter RV, um, I joined everything like everybody does. You know, every club, every group, every good Sam, everything I could join. Well, one of the things I joined was the Wondering Individual Network called WINS for short. And it's an RV club for, at the time, it said single people. I'm like, well, I'm single and I'm an RVer. So I went and joined them and traveled with them and really loved it. Just really... From 2019 on, when I bought this RV, you know, September 2019, I started, I traveled with them and have been traveling with them ever since, you know, on and off. Um, It is a 36-year-old RV club, and it's it's a membership, paid membership, $120 a year, and for that, you get all these trips that, you know, we make up and uh, uh, with the itinerary of exactly where to go, when to be there, and from wherever you are in the country, you just come join the, the, the club, meet up with the club. And the other thing that I liked about this particular group was it's other RVers that are like me. They are solo travelers, and they are out living their life and active and like the kayaking and the hiking and, and seeing the – The the site, the local sites and scenery, whether it be the small town in Montana or, you know, Yellowstone Park waiting in line. It's a great thing. It's a great tool in a solo RV person's life to have.
0: Yeah, that that sounds great. Like, it's funny because, you know, George and I always say one of the things we love about the RV lifestyle is we meet other couples that are all very like minded. They're always really nice and nobody would choose to spend their time together in 400 square feet if they didn't really like each other. And so we we meet we have some of the best friends that are also like RVers that travel around the country that we just we love because they they had that same like-minded lifestyle. So I love that there's an like I I didn't, you know, obviously we're married, so I didn't know that there was like a whole solo traveler group too. So I'm so excited to be able to share with our listeners that information and hopefully inspire somebody to, you know, hit the road if it's just them and not be afraid, you know.
2: That's so true. And, and you know, Lisa, I appreciate you asking me about it because, you know, yeah, it's a small business. But I'll tell you, it fills such a void and there's such a niche there that people don't realize, you know, you 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 guys being a couple, well, you just, you know, go about your life. Well for those of us that travel on our own, it may be two weeks before I see somebody that I have a meaningful conversation with outside of, you know, if I'm at a campground and I like to boondock a lot and, you know, stay in nature like we were talking about earlier. So I mean, it may be two weeks before I actually really see somebody and hang out with them. So as a new RVer, it's invaluable to have a place where you can go that number one, the other people don't think you're crazy for striking out on your own in an RV driving 60 feet going across the country. And, and, for somebody that's, you pick up so many tricks and tips. When I bought this RV, I couldn't figure out how to turn the hot water on. So I'm like driving cross country in this big fancy RV, boiling water in milk jugs and pouring <laughs> hot and cold water on me while I shower. <laughs> True story. And I oh got there and I'm God. like, does anybody know how to turn this hot water on? Somebody <laughs> walked in and went, click, there it is right there.
1: So uh, here's another thing yeah. I always <laughs> tell everybody for if, if they're new in RVing. If you ever want to meet anybody at a, at a campground anywhere and you have your RV, the only thing you need to do is open one of your cargo bays and stand there like something yes. is wrong and 20 <laughs> people come over and go, okay, what are we fixing?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up? What are you looking at? What are you doing? Oh, yeah. that is so true. That is so
1: true. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you got, you know, then you're oh, having hell. cocktails and you're hanging out. uh uh-huh. And you forgot Uh what you were fixing. It's so funny.
2: (laughs) That is true. And then when you're solo, just going right there on on what George was talking about, when you're solo, sometimes they'll invite you to stay and have cocktails or come over for dinner, and sometimes they don't. And so, you know, we've all been that person that's sitting at the table for eight at the wedding or the event or whatever, and they've got that, you know, we've got that one chair that, that, you know, nobody's sitting at, and it's just so obvious well, when you are in this RV club, it's not obvious. It's obvious when you're a couple. It's like, ew, they're together.
1: <laughs> I, no, I I'm, kidding. I'm
2: kidding. You I'm know, I was going to say,
1: it probably, belonging to a club like that, like there's a club for everything, but belonging yes. to a club like that, it probably alleviates the 900 questions that you typically get from everybody else because they're solo they're traveling by themselves they they know exactly what you're doing why you're doing it and if you yes. you know if you meet a couple it's like why are you doing this why are you doing that how come it's that are you scared are you th-? and it, especially, you probably alleviate I think especially all being
0: question. a you know a woman which is sad yeah. to
1: say in itself
0: yeah i know it's sad to say but i'm a woman and I, like you know like uh one of my agents that worked for me tracy she's the only one that drives her motorcoach she drives her 45 foot Class A oh. tows their thing And her husband just sits in the passenger seat you know, she says she pulls in You know, while people are all looking like Whoa, what's this lady doing driving this big giant bus? You know, and it's too bad that I guess that's the perception And then the they perception. give him the look like Why are
1: you letting her drive? <laughs> yeah It's like, oh my god, she knows yeah. that to drive better than me What yeah. do you mean? And yeah.
2: why not, you know, why right.
0: not? I know, I know It's
2: So, so funny. I'm going to pause here In case you want to edit this out Sometimes especially at gas stations I'll have, I'll be pumping gas and somebody pokes their head around us or you know they'll make a joke about the gas. Oh, I'm glad I'm not filling that up. Or I'll get just as often, "Oh, is that yours? Are you driving that? Are, that, are you by yourself?" I mean, they're just like and that's men and women. They're just like shocked. Yeah. And yeah. so if it's if it's, you know, that they, they seem friendly and I try to judge their personality in 30 seconds you know, if I think it's appropriate, I will st- I will say something like yes when i ordered this rv i got the non-penis model and it's very easy to
1: drive <laughs> yes i love that oh, that's
2: hilarious <laughs> uh yeah that stops them they will stop them in their yeah. tracks oh, yeah. you know going going back to the club it, it you know so for a new person it's it makes great sense because you're right george they don't ask you drive that by yourself? You know, you pull up and you see 75-year-old women pulling 40-foot fifth wheels and hooking it up. I thought I was like all this big travel when I got there, and I learned quickly to sit in the corner and be quiet. These people have been doing this a long time and know much more about what they're doing. And so for somebody who's been on the road a long time by themselves or RV on and off by themselves or, you know, their spouse doesn't do it or is no longer with them, they realize the value of, of friends, road friends, I call them, you know, RV yeah. friends. They realize the value of, of having a club
1: like this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So tell us how, how our audience can join your club. How What, what do they need to do?
2: Well, the easy way to do it is go online to the Wandering Individuals Network, and any of them buttons you push, it it go take you to the website, and it's got join now, want information, this and that. Any of those it sends you right to me, or you know, right to where you can and can log in, and my phone number's on there. If somebody wants to call, and yeah, got. I'll be glad to talk them through their anxiety and make them realize you're not crazy. And also what I want to do um, for you guys, George and Lisa, is um, I want to do $10 off for it's $120 a year, no contract. And I want to give them $10 off if they use your website name and put it in. Those are like a little area, something who can we thank or do you have a coupon? Put that in there and they'll get $10 off their first year membership
1: awesome well there you go listeners
0: yeah so they can just put in our view that's r-v-i-e-w and um and save ten dollars that's awesome yeah thank yeah. you we appreciate that yeah and there's
2: a lot of information frequently asked questions about you know how does this work and why would i join and travel with people i don't know because that's what i get a lot of Why i don't know you why would i go across the country with you and it's a valid question it's, it's a good question, but all that's addressed on there. And then I guarantee you, after you've traveled with us a couple months, you'll be sad when it ends, and you'll want to keep going and travel some more with the group.
0: Now, so so you just, like, no, is it more like one-off sort of, like, rallies where you say, okay, like, this month we're going to meet in Texas, or this month we're going to meet in Florida, or is it, like, we're just on the road, Continue like, are you continually sort of traveling together, or how, how like, explain that a little bit more yeah. in detail.
2: All right, so that's what another thing that makes us different. Some of the other clubs, like you said, you meet for a rally in Austin, Texas, and we're here, you know, January 1st through 10th. No, our club is months-long trips, and you come and go as you please. For instance, we're fixing to start Waltz Across Texas, what we named it. We're going to start March 18th, I think it is, in Big Bend National Park. We're going to go from there due east we're going to go to Harper, Texas for the, for the uh, solar eclipse. And then we're going to go up through Texas, Oklahoma, et cetera, et cetera, to Pella, Iowa to a tulip festival. From there, we're going to take a left. If you want to go west, you can take a le- left and go all across, we're calling it the Badlands, for about seven weeks. We're going to go across that western United States and see all that stuff. We're going to end up in Washington and Oregon for a couple months and then we're going to drive down the West coast of California or we're going to end up in Arizona. And uh, we can, then we have a, um, a trip itinerary to do the Arizona winter for six months. Now, when you are in Pella, Iowa going backwards, if you want to go to the East, you can go to Michigan for a month or two. And I'm trying to put together Canadian maritime circuit, or we call our trip circuits. I don't okay. know why the club's 36 years old. They call them circuits. I wasn't changing the, changing the terminology but you can go to the canadian Maritimes and then we'll do an east coast south to see the fall colors and that'll put you in florida and you could do a florida winter for six months if you want so So you could travel with us all the time or come in and out however you want
0: that's really cool now do you like a lot of times with the rally they'll say okay we've got you know 50 spots at such you know they they take care of reserving the spots for you like and, and that kind of thing is this more of like we're all going to meet up here, kind of an area thing? Or do you actually, like, book the spots all together and travel as a group and sort of caravan like that?
2: No, no caravan, no nothing. We travel on our own, but together. So let's just say, using that waltz across Texas, let's say you've been to the Big Bend National Park a hundred times, you don't want to go again. Don't go. Meet us at the next stop. And and so once you join, you'll see online, we're going to be Big Bend From March 18th to March 30th, I don't know what the exact dates are, but let's just say that's it. Here's the exact address. Here's a phone number or website to click on and reserve your own reservations. Maybe you want to stay longer. Maybe you want to get there earlier than the group, which I'm doing. I'm getting there about three days before everybody else. I made my own reservation. The places we pick, we try to make it um, so that, well, first of all, we try to stay at a campgrounds. Not that we do all the time, but that's our goal is not to stay in a campground. So we like the national parks, state parks, if you can get in them, and then BLM land and, and some other areas, little tricks and tips that we know. And we try to make sure there's plenty of parking. Or if there's only like 10 parking places, it'll be clearly noted, and, and you'll need we tell you what to do You know, to be one of those 10, or what happens if you're number 11 or 12 and want to go to that stop. We like I said this club's thirty six years old. They they know what they're doing. They got it going on.
0: Yeah, I love that because it's kind of like it's kind of like saying, "Oh, hey, my friends are there. If I feel like going, I can meet up with them. Otherwise, you know, I'm just going to hang out here and do yeah. whatever I want." I love that. That's so yes. cool.
2: Um, that Walter's Post, Texas, I'm going to be with them, and then I'm going to drop off when they get to Fort Worth, and they're going to stay somewhere else, and I'm going. My family's there, so I'm going to go over and see my mom and my five brothers and sisters. Oh, so okay. you. Know, You come in and out as you please. You can stay with us the entire time or just drop out. Or, you know, the Canadian Maritimes we did last summer, we were there like three months. We had probably 10 people drop in and drop out of that in addition to the 16 that went because they were already in the area. They were only two hours away. They drove over. So that's what i really loved about the club i don't want to pay an x amount and then because of the fact i paid seven thousand dollars for this trip by god i'm going everything and making every day i right. don't, don't want to join something like that
0: okay yeah that's because there's a lot of those like i don't know they like we've been looking at the one to alaska actually um someday <laughs> when we have time for all that but like they do a caravan up to like alaska and there's like you know like a I don't know what Like, what do they call the the guy at the front and the, somebody Dale in the back. And all yeah, that. And, yeah. And they kind of have everything sort of planned out for you, but they are expensive, like you said. So you, you've got to yeah. stay with the group. So I don't know. I'm not sure if I, if I would like it or not. Like the, I'm not the, the stand in line kind of a person. I like kind of just to do my own thing. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, Oh, wow, I wonder if there's other clubs that are like that, that, that aren't uh, just for singles. <laughs>
2: well, we George had... and I need to find
0: something like that.
1: Hey, we mean well, we need to make our own club.
2: <laughs> well, that's yeah, they're out there. <laughs> there there's yeah. tons of, them out oh here. yeah, God, but but there wasn't one for single people or solo. I, when I bought the club last March, about a year ago now, first thing I did is got rid of that single thing. I, I yes. it's solo club for solo yes. trailers. Because frankly, some of our members—I don't know—ten of them are married. Um, if for whatever reason the spouse can't travel, doesn't want to travel, is sick of traveling, and so they, you know, are, are certainly welcome to go with us. And even if the spouse joins here and there, that's okay. We just don't want it to become all married couples, and we're back to that table for eight. You know, and, yes. and I'm sitting there yep, by myself. Yep. I—we just want to stay away from that. But we've got a—we don't caravan because traveling on our own but together i don't want to get up at six or seven o'clock and get cracking and drive off no i'm a 10-ish yes but right but the people that want to get up at six or seven go ahead we'll see you at the next stop you know exactly the address and you know where to be and i know where to be and i'll see you when we get there We caravan, we're going to go to Alaska this year in May, May 29th, and then we're going to do Baja, February 1st, we're going to caravan for that one, and then we do Mexico for a month here and there, and we caravan on that one, just because people, the Mexico one, for the ones that are scared to go down there, like that want to go in a group exactly exactly otherwise you know you do show up and you leave whenever you want and you don't even need to check in and tell anybody
1: yeah i really i i, I don't like the idea of a caravan it's like herding cats you mm-hmm. know and you're only, yeah. only as slow as your slowest person and and i just yeah. rather tell me where we're gonna meet i'll meet you there and I, i'd rather do that yeah that's really that's, cool that's,
0: well it sounds like you've got a bunch of amazing trips planned so we're gonna have to schedule another podcast so you can give us like tips on all of the places that you're going because all of those things you just mentioned are on our bucket list too of places that we've wanted to see
1: yeah well, there's definitely a, a bunch of them we're
2: heading well, out how about a how about a tulip festival in iowa I mean, I've always wanted to go to Holland and see the tulips, but somehow, I don't remember, I saw this tulip festival in Iowa, and they have like 200,000 tulips that they put out for this one week. I'm wow. like, oh, we're totally going there.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That, you right? know, when, have, when we were driving from like Custer State Park to Yellowstone, there were these fields of sunflowers somewhere near the corn palace
1: oh my god as far as the eye could see, it was
0: like yellow like rolling hills of sunflowers for as far as you could see and of course there was a fence and i was like if if we could just pull over and i could get in there and get a picture of myself in those flowers but it was like like, everybody else right right? yeah exactly (laughs) it's probably why they have a fence there (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's Hopefully. ever done that before. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. And I've <laughs> no. also been dying, like, on my bucket list is the balloon festival in uh, New Mexico, too. The hot air balloon yes. festival. That's uh... You know,
2: there's one in Lake Havasu that apparently is just as great and had, like, 50 balloons. Don't quote me on that, but, like, 50-ish, you know, balloons this last month when they did it, too. So, and our group went there.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Oh, that's mm-hmm.
2: cool. Yep, yep.
1: And Lake Havasu is nice. I like Lake Havasu.
2: It really is. And it's part of our western winter, we call it, where it's about six months, you know, in the the Arizona, Nevada, Southern California area, so that you can, if if you want to spend the winter there, you can have a nice, mild winter. We have all these places that we've gone to many, many times and know all the tricks and tips.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. And you can walk across the London Bridge. (laughs)
2: okay there you go yeah
0: there you go let me let me ask you a question because this is one i see oftentimes you know people think okay we're going to sell our house and we're going to live in our rv and we're going to travel and it's going to be like we're going to save money and it's going to be like the cheaper way to live what would you what what's your you've been now solo traveling living in the rv and it sounds like you go all over the place what would you have for advice, or tell somebody if they want to had to budget their money, like,
2: wh- yeah, how much is well, it yeah. cost?
0: What like, what is it? Is right, it- there you go. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, um, I am lucky that I went into this without debt. You know, once I got rid of my house, I didn't have any debt. I traded off uh, a really nice. Uh, uh, Ford truck I had, a big seventy thousand truck. I traded that off and got rid of that eleven hundred dollar car payment, and bought a Nissan Versa, which was fifteen thousand dollars, eighteen out the door with tax, title, and whatever. Because I realized, number one, I can't tow that truck; it would be too heavy, the gas would be too much, and it would beat it up. So I bought a cheaper car so that it would get you know, it gets beat up behind the RV. But so I was lucky to be able to get rid of that big payment I had and get down to this car that I own. And so I had no no debt walking in here. And I think that's super important. Otherwise, I think it's a very economical way to live. And even with my RV that has, you know, an 80 gallon gas tank at $3 or 329 a gallon, let's do some you know, crushing math there for a second. But even with that, it's strategic in how I move. Like right now, I've been sitting for a month. It cost me $800. I'm in an RV park, and it's um, here in Southern California, and it was $800. But you know what? That's a fixed cost. There's no gas in there. There's nothing. The places that my group travels, we know places to stay. They're either free or extremely cost effective because we've been doing it so many years we know places to go see same with florida i can have you in florida for six months all during the winter and i think twice they pay for camping and one time it's 18 dollars. you have to buy a fishing license it's some weird loophole to be able to stay there so if you do it right this could be an economical way to live certainly while living this big fulfilling life that's way outside of the norm of having a stick and brick house
0: yeah that's good to know because mm-hmm.
1: yeah and you said you also stay at a lot of state parks and national parks those are really yes. economic also their, their fees they are, are their fees are minimal
2: and beautiful my gosh right, i absolutely. mean we'd yeah. rather stay there instead of a place in you know in a campground we know a place to stay for instance the club does that it wasn't me it was somebody years before me nine miles outside of the grand canyon in land that we know to go to it's nine miles that's closer than any campground that you're going to pay eighty dollars a night for except for the one in the park that you know you can't ever get into you know because it's it's backed up And again, I keep pushing the club, but I mean, again, that's an advantage of whatever club you join. That's an advantage because they're going to know stuff like that.
0: Well, that $125 of membership is worth its weight in gold just from knowing those things. I mean, exactly. You're going to save that much money on your very first trip because the only other options you have is to really just pay for campgrounds. And that's really where Mm -hmm. it really starts to add up for us now. Like we're doing the same thing in Alabama we're paying about a thousand dollars a month for our our spot here, but when we when we drive out to Phoenix, I mean, we're talking even if it's only a sixty or seventy dollar a night place, it starts to add up, you oh, know. Quick, and quick, and, and quick. I'm like, Quickly. okay, we just spent four thousand dollars on just you know mm-hmm. campgrounds and not really great experiences, you know.
2: Right. Where, so. And anymore, you're packed in so much, you know, and somebody's dog is barking and the trash guy comes through. And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for at all. I'd yeah. much rather be sitting in the woods or side of something. And, I mean, I guess we all would. But I have invested, you know, going back to the money, I've invested probably ten grand in solar on my roof so that I can sit out there in my big RV with my residential refrigerator, meaning it's electric. I can sit out as long as I've got even half a day of sun. I don't need to be plugged in or hooked into anything.
1: Oh, So wow. that was
2: an upfront cost that I slowly added to over the year. You know, over the couple of years I dropped five grand and I had another thousand, another thousand. And so I'd say I'm about 10 grand now. But I mean, I can go sit in the woods and I'll run out of water before anything happens.
0: Wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're, That's we're, we're, we're definitely nowhere near, near that stage yet. Yeah, we're uh, oh. sucking diesel and <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> paying for upscale RV resorts. <laughs> so.
2: And you know what? I mean, every once in a while I do as well. I mean, the one I'm in here is real nice. You know, I think it's $70 a night to stay here. Yeah. And, you know, I did a, a deal, and this is their last month of of the shoulder season, I think. I don't know, but anyway, the the price was significantly down from December and January, but it just worked out. I was going to be in this part of the country, and I'm gonna I'm hanging out here until I start that Texas Walter Cross Texas uh, in March 18th. I thought you know what?
0: Yeah, we're I'm gonna
2: g- go sit in that resort and just enjoy the big life, going to the pool in the hot tub every day.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. We uh, we're actually <laughs> we're we're heading out that way too. Um, in the next month, we're gonna go to the. Family Motor Coach Association uh, show. We have a booth there um, in Tucson, Arizona. So we're working our way out there. We're going to be up in Nashville the first week in March. And then we're heading, we're going to be in Austin, Texas for St. Patrick's Day weekend. And then nice. I think we head to nice. Tucson and then we're going to Moab, Utah. Have you been to Moab, Utah yet?
2: I have. I, I, not my favorite. It really? was nice, but I got to see inside. Oh I went in August. My oh, group went oh in God. August. Oh,
0: that's so hot.
2: It yeah. was hot. Next level brutal. I stayed two days. I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm out of here. So I know I need to go back. You got to go do back when different it's not and better. August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the one group of screwed up f- on that one. We, yeah, yeah. We we the timing was off on that one. It had to be Hundred degrees.
0: degrees. Oh, yeah. Oh.
2: I had my generator run in 24 hours and could not cool the RV off. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I was like, what am I doing? I, I don't suffer. I don't do hot and I don't do cold. That's, I'm leaving. That's when you should be in Michigan. <laughs> okay. Because the, okay. the weather
0: is beautiful in August in Michigan. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't. That, that, we didn't, since I've owned the club, we don't do that anymore. I can tell you that right now.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 We'll be there in April. So it'll be nice. It should be really nice weather. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's a good life, isn't it? It's a, it's if you will embrace it and, 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 and just get started driving and go somewhere. But my first year when I had that starter RV, you guys, the first place I went, I literally took a paper map of the United States, turned it around two, three times with my eyes shut, opened it back up. And put my finger on a spot, and I'm like, that's where I'm going to go no matter where it is. And my finger, God love it, was on Bar Harbor, Maine. Or it was in Maine, and I chose Bar Harbor. It, and so wow. that is the first place that I ever drove in my RV. I was in South Florida, and I drove to Bar Harbor, Maine.
0: Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's we want to do. Just We want to plan an East Coast trip, too. We, we want to go up there and go to uh, uh, Nova Scotia and see that whole area. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Canadian Maritimes is next level beauty and weather. I'll be there next summer. Not this summer, 2025. I'm going to take the group there 2025.
0: Wow. That's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You all should join the group.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, if nothing less, just so that we can get the travel itineraries to see where all the good places uh, yeah.
2: to go are, right? There, yeah. The yeah. research is yeah, half, have to half buy the work. Another- more- <laughs> You'll have to buy another RV so you're traveling solo, but yeah. otherwise oh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, there it's all go. good.
0: <laughs> well, I have enjoyed this conversation so much and um uh, I just love to hear from other like independent women that are not afraid to just take the wheel and just go for it and enjoy their life and that's like such a great um story for me. So, um I really enjoyed meeting you and we'll definitely have to follow your travels and tell us one more time how our listeners can uh, uh, join your club and reach out to you if they have any questions and uh, yes. what's the best way to contact you
2: yes so we've you know got my website of course wandering individuals Network we've got a really robust strong Facebook page same name wandering individuals network and then Instagram is wins RV club I needed to shorten that wins RV club and they any of those they can send me a private message on and I'll answer them but if they look around that website that uh, you know it's it's got a lot of questions answered for them then and don't forget too $10 off it'll be good for say 30 days from the air of this uh podcast and they just need to put in the name of your your uh, podcast and they'll get the $10 off
0: awesome well we appreciate it and it has been great talking to you if you uh, have questions or didn't write that down you can also visit our website we'll put a link to janelle's um site there where rvpodcast.com rv dot com, and share and like us and share this post and share this podcast with somebody that you know that should hit the road that's just been hesitant to do it or whatever as an inspiration
1: being, so- being solo is not an excuse. <laughs> That's right. That's right.
2: No. Being wow. solo is why you would want to
1: go. Right. Exactly. Meet people and enjoy this beautiful country.
0: That's
2: right. Go live your life. Thank you, George and Lisa. I appreciate y'all having me on and allowing me to use your platform to talk about this club. I think, as I said, it, it has a niche for a certain person who needs it. And I encourage them. Um, Look us up, do a little research, call me, let's talk, and start living a wonderful, fulfilling life on the road.
1: Awesome.
0: Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. listening to another episode of our view don't forget to drop us a line at
2: RviewPodcast.com. that's the letter r viewpodcast.com and like subscribe and follow us so you don't miss out on our next
0: adventure